0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bold Expressions. Today, I am joined by Corinne Heimdall? Oh, no, Karen not Heimdall.
1: Heimdall.
0: <laughs> I why I say Heimdall? Like, I try to get because that up. Because it's it was...
1: the Thor thing.
0: Yeah, I guess. It's like, and I saw that, I was like, okay, Okay. She is a podcaster, a I guess writer, okay. I guess mm-hmm. you could say producer. Uh, yep. I also, so a teacher all right uh what do you teach
1: uh i teach i actually don't work as a teacher right now but uh, i am a drama teacher okay so uh yeah drama theater all that stuff
0: mm-hmm. uh based out uh out of sweden yep which which makes me even more mad that i missed that i misunderstood our time, time initially zones. <laughs> because one of the people that i actually record with sometimes so one of the people i talk to lives in sweden she lives in uh uh-huh. stockholm all and right. i'm like cool. I sh- I'm like i should recognize that,
1: that time uh, zone
0: yeah, yeah. I, was, I was mad i was like okay but you're yeah, not
1: she- the only one <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah i'm so used to are you from the states no I'm okay. Swedish. okay um but uh the people in the states you you we all were recognized the cst uh yeah. central standard time zone and mm-hmm. it was it was a cste
1: it's C E S T when it's summertime, yeah. so it's C E T in winter, which is a little less confusing. But I have had this happen before, and I when when we got confused, I was like, ah, yeah, I should have double checked that, because sometimes it get gets confusing.
0: Yeah, it happens. It's, it's my fault. I should have double checked, but it's, your, my brain did that thing to where it sees something and it just yep. automatically skips over so that you <laughs> you know. Yep. But um, she is the the writer, producer, uh, creator of Chica. It Chica. Is
1: Chica.
0: I always yeah. say Chica. Chica, it is a <laughs> audio drama, as you, as all my people know, I love to listening to audio dramas. Uh, I constantly am listening to, um uh, mostly creepypastas and stories mm. and things like that in podcasts. Uh, I initially started listening to it because it stars Friend of the podcast, uh, Angelique uh, Lazarus, uh, Mm -hmm. Angelique Voices, as as you all know, a friend of mine, and she was in it. I was like, okay, well, she's in it, so I have to listen to it, (laughs) and I enjoyed it, and uh, I've been listening to it um, uh, um, when uh, new episodes pop up, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it, and so wanted to talk with you to get your, uh, as a creator, what made you think of it and all that good stuff but before we get into all that tell us uh more about yourself
1: absolutely I mean you've already mentioned all the stuff or most of the stuff that I do in podcasting but I'm actually also a voice actor myself and I've been in various uh audio dramas so I actually started uh I started a nonfiction podcast which was just me and my friends talking about uh, pop culture, and nerdy things. And then I started listening to audio drama, much like you. And I was like, oh, this is really, really great. I love this. And then uh, as a theater person and a drama teacher, I got into voice acting. And then after that, I got into, huh, maybe I could create this on my own and I could produce it. And so that's sort of my journey through uh, through where I am now, I guess. Who knows where I will be, you know, in a year or two. but. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this is, uh, make sure I'm saying it right now. Cheka?
1: Yes, beautiful. Okay.
0: So, Cheka, is this your first?
1: No, it's my s- okay. second audio drama that I create and produce. So, uh, my, well, first of all, Cheka is sci fi. So, Cheka is a story of uh, one girl who is 18 who thinks she might be the last person, last human left in the world. And she grew up on a moon base and she's all alone and she is traveling towards Mars because she thinks there might be humans on Mars because for some reason, Earth has been silent for a long time. So that's the basic premise of Cheka. Um, And I started releasing it in April this year, but of course I've been working on it for, definitely focused uh, for a year but longer than that because creative processes you know take time um, but my first audio drama was y2k which is uh fairly different in that it's a slice of life drama and I released it weekly all through 2020 so a lot of episodes um but it's a story of two friends in the year 2000 and uh, their a modern day student who finds their voicemails 20 years later. And then it's these sort of three people and their stories uh, of, you know, all that stuff that happens when you're sort of in your early to mid twenties of all those adult choices sort of hurtling towards you. It's all about that stuff uh, for all of the three uh, main characters.
0: That sounds like that could be something, (laughs) that sounds like something that could be uh, very easily adapted into something to like physical media, not physical, visual media <laughs> uh, and then have people later go, yeah, but the audio version was better. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> cause, would cause, love that. <laughs> that have to have a... Well, no way. And <clears throat> the funny thing is, uh, like I said, I listen to a lot of, as uh, they call them creepypastas, horror, horror mm. stories.
2: Yeah.
0: A lot of them, how can I put this? They, they fall under... Creepy pastas, but not all of them are actually horror. Mm, yeah. Some of them are actually quite beautiful stories. Yeah. Uh, one of them being like a guy, basically the last synopsis of his brain before he dies. It was like oh, he was in an accident, yeah. but he's but he's thinking about you know the like the car accident, but like actually like being with somebody he loves, and it's just like kind of beautiful near, near the end
1: mm-hmm. as he
0: transitions. And it's it's and the way that they have to be so visual with um uh what they're talking about and yeah how to describe things is also really good to me. And some some of the ones that I enjoy best are because I I, I think about this with Cheka, it doesn't have to be something supernatural. Yeah. Uh probably one of the probably to this day, probably the ones I like best is just a story, and I tell everybody this whenever I'm talking about it, it's mm-hmm. called Pin Pal. And okay. a lot of these are also um, um, written, like part of stories is like, you know, people who are active uh, have books and different things written about them. Mm. Um, Pin Pal is about a young man um, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably in his 20s, whatever, and he's talking to his mom and he's recounting stories and gaining an understanding of his childhood that he didn't realize at the time because his all mom right. protected him from it. Basically, there has been this guy who became infatuated with him and mm. has been following him all his life up until a certain age and him going back and thinking about all these scary things that happened and all these weird things that happened as a child and how that was connected to this guy. Uh like about how at one point they had a a cat and the cat got out he was with his friend they were looking for the cat and then uh they moved something happened they had to move and so mm. him and his friend they were like we're gonna go back to the house and we're gonna look for it and he, he crawls there's like a crawl box or whatever or not a crawl box there's a i don't know if you guys That's no there's like uh for certain <laughs> houses there's like a crawl space Oh right, yeah. Yeah, underneath you the house. Yeah. yeah, and one and the main character crawled up under the house and he saw a lot of cans of can of cat food. And his mm-hmm. friend went in his old room, he's just like, Hey, there's all these old pictures, all these pictures of you in your bedroom. He's like, What? And then it's like the guy comes back and he took a picture and it's like things as kids you don't really connect. Yeah. And so it turns out they like they never end up finding a cat, but I think they left one of the uh, walkie-talkies and you can hear the cat over the walkie. Mm-hmm. And like they kind of threw them off and also probably one of the best ones was they had, a it was, it was all started from a pin pal thing they had uh, mm-hmm. at, at the school. And he was supposed to be sending something back and forth and he got a, uh, a letter from his pin pal and it was pictures of him and his friend playing but it had no return address, right? And that he didn't understand it, but the mom knew what was going on, and it's just it was just really creepy. And yeah, and really,
1: layers of creepiness, right? Right.
0: Is to and to where something is like this is could be something that's really happened, and that really got me because I start listening to that around the time my son was born.
2: So uh, I'm just like,
0: right. you know, it's that thing like as yeah. a parent, I guess, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But what what were some things because you you said something that, that kind of got to me because I've thought about doing voice work before because I love mm-hmm. audio stuff and all that stuff I'm just like mm-hmm. can I really actually do this so what what was um you know so I've been doing a lot of talking so I need to get you talking at some point <laughs> um, what was something that you found um, I won't say a barrier but what was what was the challenge that you saw. Uh, going from writing to doing the voice acting?
1: Well, I mean, I did do it the other way around. So I started in voice acting. Okay. Uh, so I started as a, well, what you're doing now, like a nonfiction podcast. I started a podcast with my friends and then I started voice acting. But as someone who is a drama teacher and I've done loads and loads of improv and also some acting training, I I mean, uh, acting was not foreign to me, but voice acting is a little bit different than, you know, just regular acting because you only have your voice. And uh, it's very sort of, it's a very sort of intimate thing to act straight into someone's ears, you know? So you have to be uh, very careful to not be, uh, to not sort of overcharge everything and to be subtle. Because if you have, uh, you know, someone's voice in your earphones, you're probably going to pick up a lot more nuance than you know if you're on a stage with, you know, 500 people and you're trying to reach the the row right at the back. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I can be that. very subtle at that point as an actor. So uh, that's one of the things that I really had to learn to to reel it in and to dial it down, and I'm constantly sort of working on that. I think, and when I've had The privilege of working uh, with uh, a live director as I'm voice acting, that's often something that they talk to me about that, okay, that was great, but you need to reel it in. Um, You know? Uh, So it's very subtle voice acting and not always, I mean, it depends, of course, sometimes that you're kicking and screaming and fighting, but still it needs to have a little bit of restraint because you are already in the audience's ear, you know? Uh, which is very, uh, very interesting. Uh, yeah, as an actor.
0: That's, that was- so do you, do you prefer, um, I know you said improv. Um, yeah. Have you only, only done improv or have you done like also, uh, other work on stage?
1: I have done other work on stage, but I fairly quickly, I mean, I've done um, Amdram quite a bit. Um, like amateur dramatics but uh, growing up all that stuff but I think I fairly quickly found that I enjoyed uh, being a director or being a producer or I've done you know I've done everything uh, I've done lights and costumes and scenery and uh, sets and uh, all that stuff as well and lights and sound funnily <laughs> enough <laughs> but yeah so I've done all that stuff in, in Amdram but I sort of I liked being an actor, but I enjoyed being a director or a producer more because I really liked uh, having the whole, the whole view of a project. Mm-hmm. And I think as a voice actor, it's something that I can be creative. Uh, I, can, I could be creative during lockdowns I could be creative during the pandemic. I can be creative as you know, the parent of of two children. I can do it from my home. It can be very sort of, it's an easy way for me to have a creative outlet as a voice actor. But then I never stop at one thing. So I'm writing too, and I'm sound designing, and I'm casting, and I have done some casting for other shows as well. And, uh, you know, all that all that stuff that is fun, you know? I t- tend to go where the fun is.
0: <laughs> Do you think that, uh, because, and you see it now with... Um with other things, actors moving behind the scenes. Uh, mm. If anybody has watched a show long enough, you will see that at some point, the actors on the show direct a couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, do you think that, I don't want to say the best directors, but a good director okay. is somebody who also knows what it's like to be on the either opposite side of the camera or, on, or at least on stage?
1: I think it can certainly work that way. I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing as you know when you uh, when you have sometimes you work in a job and you have a manager who hasn't experienced actually performing oh your job. Yes, <laughs> and that, those people. I mean, they can be good, but usually they're a bit, a little bit lacking, right, in understanding right. what you're doing, what's going on, what the difficult bits are, what the good bits are, uh, and I think that in any way when you're trying to sort of um, as a director and producer, you are sort of a little bit of a manager, even though it's different. Uh, So you do need to know what it's like, but I don't think that you necessarily need to be an actor yourself. But you need to have a really good uh, understanding of what acting is, how it works, uh, how it feels to be directed uh, because it can be, it, you know, you you do you use your, uh, as an actor, you use your whole body and your voice. As a voice actor, you use your voice and, you know, your body as well, but it's not being filmed, so it's a little bit of a different story. It's not visible. Yeah. Uh, but it's it can be sensitive, you know? And sometimes you give a performance and you don't understand that it's coming out wrong. And as a director, you have to be sort of very... Uh, conscious of that that actors uh are putting out you know themselves into a performance and that is something that is a gift you know that is a beautiful thing that they're doing and sometimes if they're not doing what you want you need to be able to communicate that uh or i need to be able to communicate that as a voice director so that they can uh the actor can feel like okay that wasn't quite it maybe i'll try this thing instead uh or um, okay, I'll try it like that instead. But you also need to give, I think it's very important. And as a teacher, I think that's very important too. You need to give uh, your actors their own creative space as well. You can't sort of suffocate them with instructions. Uh, you have to let them find uh, their own way as well. So it's very much of a collaboration and I'm always into that, you know, working with people. I love that.
0: Right. And also and also, I guess finding out, um just as everybody has their own way of learning, finding out how...
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, okay, I can be a little bit more heavy-handed with this actor
1: mm-hmm.
0: as far as somebody else. All I have to do is give them a vague outline and they can pick it up from there. Like, that's that's also something that is interesting that not everybody has the same uh, brain. Everybody has the same process of yeah. how to get to where you need them to go. Um, have you ever... Have you often had times to where... Um, you've let somebody go on their own thing, and what they interpreted of the scene is different from what you or not just different, but probably works better than what you had intended?
1: All the time, all the time. Uh, and that is, you know, the magic of of collaborative storytelling, really is I write a thing and I give stage directions. And if <clears throat> for Cheka, we did uh, re- sort of read through rehearsals. Uh, together, but we didn't actually record together, so that I could give all my notes. We could read it through, and I could sort of talk about what's going on emotionally, what's going on physically with your character, and also they could hear their uh, their fellow actors. Because of course, uh, if you're recording on your own, you don't have your 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 uh, co-actors in your ears. You know, you only have uh, yourself and the memory of them. So I think it's very valuable to actually have uh, those run throughs. But then I give that, and I know that um, all of my actors for Cheka are very sort of uh, ambitious and they want to deliver, you know, they want to deliver, uh, they want to do a good job and they're very extraordinarily talented, all of them. And uh, and then they go away and then they send me a, a, a sound file, you know, they send me a, a WAV file and I'm like, constantly blown away by their interpretations. Uh, because, you know, we've had one part of the process together, but then they have another part of the process sitting there in front of the mic with their script going, okay, I'm go- I'm diving in now, you know, I'm diving into this character now. And so many wonderful things come out of that. But of course, also sometimes it comes out, out you know, not quite what I need. It could be a great performance, but it could be oh, actually this other actor delivered something that doesn't gel with that, or uh, I wasn't clear in my stage direction or something was, you know, and then uh, I ask for retakes and usually that fixes the problem uh, very well. But usually that's not what, what I, that's not the big thing when I get a sound file to listen to. The big thing is just, oh, wow, and they're blowing me away, which I love.
0: Essentially, it reminds me of because I'm I'm a nerd and I'm I'm grown, but I still like animated. I like cartoons and different things like mm-hmm. that. And some of the the shows that I find what's supposed the best way to put this <clears throat> that are received the best and even have some accolades outside, you know, what people would normally think. I think of uh, this one show, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Justice League show in the early 2000s. Those shows, the they weren't they weren't just applauded for, you know, just animation or whatever, but also voice work mm-hmm. um, because they also had a lot of talented actors mm-hmm. um, and also uh, voice um, casting directors and mm-hmm. uh, the rest of that. The one I can think of, I actually think she worked on both of them. Uh, Andrea Romano, which goes to show how great she did. The fact that I recognize her name. Yeah. Um, And it was a thing of having the actors um, be in the booth with each other so that they can hear each other and interact. And I do think that 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 back and forth, like you said, it it gets something. Uh, Because I want to say even on the Justice League and also because that was part of a long thing. It was Batman, then they transitioned to Superman, then they had the Justice League. But Mark Hamill was, um, he played the Joker. He's been playing the Joker since like, (laughs) for like 30 years. And he is like a lot of people's like definitive Joker. Mm. Like the laugh and everything. Uh, And him and the guy who played Batman is actually I want to say like a legit, like theater trained actor. Mm. Like he, he talks about Rooming with uh, Robin Williams, and whenever it's studying or whatever, it's like, so these are like the legit people, so they know what they're doing. But it also brings me to something that you mentioned before mm. about having to pull back. Um, yeah. because it does, it does make me think that just because you may be good on stage or on camera does not mean that mm. that, that would translate to voice acting, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, because I know uh, recently there was a animated series from Marvel called uh What If. Right um, where it's just like, you know, hey, here's a story that you've seen from this. Let's see what would happen if this had a divergence. And some of the characters were played by their the the screen actors. Right, yeah. And not all of it worked. Yeah. And I that was that does like, not
1: surprise me. Yeah.
0: And I was just like, they needed somebody to tell them to pull back. Mm-hmm. because, and it, and, it, and, and it goes to a lot of times what I feel like they have with um, animated projects to where they, they'll have some actor and it's just like, you don't need some big name actor. You just need a talented voice actor yeah who knows this yeah. because I feel like a lot of them, they're like, well, it's a cartoon, so I have to be big. It's just like, but you don't mm-hmm. have to.
2: Yeah.
0: The, the screen is already doing that for you. <laughs> you don't have to be, <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can just yeah. pull it back a little bit.
1: yeah. I mean, I think I've never tried to uh, do uh, uh, cartoon voices. I mean, that I, that would be fun, but it's not something that I would pursue probably because I'm more all about the drama. But uh, I would agree with you that, yes, it does. You do have to pull back a little. And I think that you do hear that some of the sort of um, professional audio dramas that come out sort of rely on a uh, on a big name star like a movie star or a TV star to sort of draw listeners in. And I think that is something that is, can be a little bit problematic if that person is not uh, used to voice acting because I've had some of those, some of them work really well, of course, but I've had some of those, I've actually just stopped listening because I'm like, I can't deal with this person because they don't understand voice acting and they may be great at other things, um, but I think it's one of those things where for stage, you really have to just sort of uh, reach so far. And then for film, if you're being uh, filmed, you can get you know close into, into people's faces and stuff like that so that you, you can need to reel it in a little bit. And then for voice, you're just this tiny little earbud in someone's ear, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's the spectrum, right?
0: Yeah, and, and it does, because I've, I've done, I've done a little bit of theater work, um, and it, and it does make me think. For you know, I don't I don't know a lot, but I just know little tidbits. Um, mm-hmm. But for for the audience, because I'm pretty sure you know, <laughs> but for the audience at large who, who doesn't know, um, if you watch or listen to any, I I don't even want to say the, the time period and mess it up, but early okay. 1900s. <laughs> um, movies you know we we laugh at them because they're big and they're over dramatic it's like and that's because Mm -hmm. they came from stage and on stage as you as you said it's like you have to and that's why people who do stage work they have strong voices because you know that that diaphragm it's just like you have to project (laughs) so that the person at the back of the theater or wherever can hear you (laughs) yep and so it was you know acting on film was new, so that's why they had to do all these big performances and all this yeah. other stuff because they're still have the mindset of, we have Theater. to be big so that these people mm. could, it's just like, well, you don't have to because, you know, people are going to be afraid. you don't, <laughs> you know, they can just yeah. raise the volume. You don't have to do that. Yeah. But, but yeah, that is, um, that, that, the, it is, it makes me think of the, the term less is more. Especially, yeah. when you, as, as you right. mentioned before, even like now when you can get in close on a um, close up on somebody on camera and you can see just the the smallest bit of acting like you can tell when somebody is thinking about something or if there there's something yeah. and you're just like, oh, they're they're plotting something or there there's yeah, an emotion you can tell in, from right. the
1: face. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To where it, it doesn't have to be said. Um, mm-hmm. How was that, um, how can I put this? Did you find that difficult trying to relay those little human touches in your writing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, uh, because I'd written um, stage plays before, not that many of them, but a little bit. And writing for audio is very different, I think. Um, And definitely for me, Y2K was a learning curve uh, where I realized sort of, I first I wrote the thing and then I made my actors record the thing and then I sound designed the thing. And then in in sound design, I realized quite a few things that I should have done differently in writing uh, because you cannot if you're a hopeful sort of first-time audio drama writer, you can write, "Oh, and you can tell from this sound that someone is doing this very complicated gesture or something like that." And really, when it comes down to sound designing, you cannot—you uh, cannot do those uh, very complicated gestures in sound. You can make a lot. Uh, you can make a lot come across in sound. Definitely uh, in sound design. But for example, uh, you cannot make very specific movements uh, completely audible to all listeners in sound design. So you have to sort of add in uh, vocal cues for some of those. Uh, So for example, you can make a really, you can make an easy uh, sort of sound of someone running away, of course, but you don't know where they're running to because yeah, you can put that sort of in your, left ear or whatever, wherever, but you as an audience uh, may not have picked up on the fact that you had as a sound designer placed, you know, whatever, the uh, main control room of the, uh, of the uh, space shuttle on the sort of one side. Um, and you can't do that too much either because, you know, podcasts, people listen to with one earbud sometimes. You have to be very careful in, in your mix. So those kinds of things, what you can actually communicate in audio, was a very steep learning curve. And I think another thing that I really learned from Y2K, from writing Y2K and then sound designing it, was that you can't, you don't have to uh, add in every single thing. I think I was being very, it was slice of life. I was being very realistic, so I didn't really think about the fact that I could skip around a little bit in my scenes. I could sort of uh, shorten things, tighten things and start later on when something was going to happen. So I think some of the scenes I wrote for Y2K were a little long, you know, because I was just like, okay, so they, they're going to have a visitor. So that person is going to ring the doorbell and blah, 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 you know, from there. And some of that I think actually worked. And some of it, I would have now, uh, gone in and tightened a little bit. So for Chika, I really tried to focus on uh, the action and what the story needed what I needed to tell in the scene rather than have that sort of cozy chit-chat babble. There isn't that much of that in Cheka. There was so much more of that in Y2K. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I I think that you know definitely fits uh Chika more because it says she's the last per- perceivably the last mm human
1: yeah
0: and i'm thinking about it there's not a there's not a scene i can think of to where she's actually talking to another human being
1: no she's only talking, talking to, to the AI. ai's
0: yeah yep. and, and then hear it
1: yeah
0: yeah because i tried to think like even the conversations that um her mom, uh, Valen. Is it Valen, correct?
1: It's Valen.
0: Valen. Yeah. Getting all these wrong. Uh, <laughs> Valen. Even the conversations that she had, all the conversations that she has are more voice notes. Yeah. That she sends to other people, so it's not a back and forth. Yeah, so that is interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about that now. And like the conversation that Valen has with Chaka when she's younger, you only hear Valen's Valen valence yeah. uh part of the conversation because yep. yeah okay yeah exactly. that, is, that is interesting and we know what that that is uh as you said it would be it wouldn't work even though one of the ai is much more um personable mm. um she is personable but also what's the word i'm looking for
1: I think you're talking per- about like, She's yeah, a little bit mischievous,
0: right? And I and I t- I had text uh, Angelique after listening to one of them. Like I don't trust those AI. It's like <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't buy this. It's like oh okay, yeah, like yeah, we're gonna impregnate her. It's like hold up, there's something by that. It's like they know something's going on. There's a mystery. I don't trust them. It's yeah. like they they knew something was happening. But no, but yeah, because it, it wouldn't make sense to, for them to have that kind of back and forth, because even though she's much more uh, personable she, she does also have a purpose. So while she's mm. she's only chatting with her like that, to because it's it's something that even I think that us as humans would find, find less off-putting. Yeah. Because even I mean, though it, she's talking to check-in, but she's also still trying to get her to... She has an objective, if yeah. that makes sense. It's like, okay, she's talking to her. It's like, because I need her to feel like this so that she doesn't, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, it, it's one of the, I, I probably need to explain this. So <laughs> Cheka takes place mostly on a spaceship where Cheka is alone with two AIs. And one of them is the main sort of ship AI called Huge And one of them is the psych-eval AI called Luchu. And Luchu, which is the one we've been talking about now, Definitely does have a purpose in that she is trying to sort out, okay, what just happened to this clearly traumatized person? Um, which who which is Cheka. And so, and then there is another timeline where we get these recordings from Valen from a sort of before, which is a different in a different sort of stages in her life on the moon base. Um where she sometimes talks to the moon-based AI as well, but not that much, very, very little of the moon-based AI. So it's sort of two different uh, settings for Cheka, uh, for the story. And I think for, for uh, you're sort of meant to be a little bit unsure if you can trust the AIs. I'm not gonna comment any more than that, but you're okay, sort of meant yeah. to be a little bit sort of uncertain and yeah. then you, you will find out more by the end of the season.
0: But yeah, I, and I will say because I want to say, what made me really want to talk with you was, it was after, I guess it was episode three. Right. Was it episode three? Um, or maybe two. It was the episode where uh, they had a conversation about life yeah and uh Chayka was having a she was having some thoughts that i myself and i, I feel like a lot of people probably have where mm-hmm. it's like this person yeah because she mentioned their creator she's like by the time your creator was my age she already created you guys and did this mm-hmm. and she's like and i haven't done anything and it's yeah. like so that means it's, it's you know my life had no purpose and the um not the tube but the other ai ai was just like mm-hmm. well that's not is like your life, I can't, I'm I'm gonna butcher, but it's basically (laughs) like your life is, you don't have to have done some great thing for your life to have had purpose or something like that.
1: And it is actually Lichi who has this conversation, although Higa has another conversation with Cheka in that episode, which is also sort of touches on more or less the same themes. But the interesting thing is that, I I love that you bring this up because this is one of my favorite parts because what Lichu is actually saying is, but life just is. You don't right. have to deserve life. You don't have to sort of earn that's, it. That's what it was. You're just it's you just have it, and then you know try to do your best with it. And then Cheka says something like, "But I'm I'm not doing my best." And then Lichu tries to remind her that, but doing your best doesn't mean that you need to achieve everything. Uh, she says something like, "You know, sometimes doing your best means that you take care of yourself." Right. Um, And it's interesting because this is the only scene in rehearsal where I think every actor got emotional.
0: I was at work. (laughs) um, And I, no, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) None of them will listen to this. I'm pretty sure I won't get in trouble. Uh, (laughs) I was at work and it was almost near the end of my shift. And it came up. I was just like, yeah. (laughs) It was good. And because, <clears throat> quick, quick pivot, and as you'll mm-hmm. you'll produce, I'm sure catching on, and, and as all my audience know, I pivot and you know, mm-hmm. diverge from conversation from time to time. Often, some would say I've had full episodes to where I had a plan, and then that just <laughs> went, and we end up talking about something else altogether. But it was good. But it is that uh <laughs> that. That whole thing of like not having to deserve life. That's one of the the things I, and it made me think of something. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone is at least familiar with the, uh, and as you, as you're figuring out, I'm also a nerd. So people, uh, <laughs> me too. With, with the, with the X-Men mm. and and the concept was, uh, let's say around the sixties. Yeah. Cause they've been around that long or the sixties they've they've commented on how the two people initially um professor x and uh magneto mm-hmm. they were that versions even though they existed in the, in that universe but character wise they thought of them as malcolm x and uh, malcolm x and magneto and dr martin luther king for charles xavier and i remember reading an article and it made sense to me and it was one of those things where it's just like this is why the bad guy is actually right.
2: Uh,
0: and why I have, I don't think he's right, but I also agree with this this sentiment of mutants, as far as in the universe, mutants are treated different because there's all these people with powers. It's like, but the fact that they are born different and it's mm-hmm. just how they're born. It could be anybody and they could replace us, whatever. But it's the thing of Charles Xavier is just like, I created the x Men and we're going to be heroes and we're going to fight so that people will accept us and will eventually um, find value with us,
2: yeah. and
0: it is. It was an interesting conversation, it was an interesting uh topic I read. Um, because it was from it's not the Atlantic, it was some it was a black uh publication, I can't think of it right now, but they they said, in context, this is because it's supposed to be mirror the civil rights movement. Because at that time, there was not going to be a you were not going to have a Black-led team or whatever like that because Black Panther didn't come till later. Not too much later because he actually does predate the Black Panther political party. Mm -hmm. um, Or group, not really party. But anyway, Mm -hmm. it's the notion of why should we have to prove that we deserve to be accepted? We should just be accepted just because we exist. Yes. It's like in the notion of having to do something, it's like that is a it's it's an it's an interesting um i don't say philosophical because i want to seem deeper than what i am (laughs) but it is a is an interesting thing to think of because it also gives the fact of like okay so if that's the case then you as a regular person what are you doing in order for us to accept you Mm. yeah exactly yeah and and it also reminds me of the the thing like if you you know if you live for the cheers you'll die for the booze or what? whatever you know have you it's like if your worth is only it's like okay if i do this thing that people like me people accept me it's just like okay well then at the same point if they don't like you does that mean that you no longer have any value that you no longer have any worth and we see that with um as, as i said that's one thing that really stuck out to me with for that because mm. you you see it a lot with people um and especially just, we are we are fooled. And I want to say, I don't want to blame social media because we created social media. So mm-hmm. we can't blame social media as if it's this <laughs> sentient thing. thing, right? Yeah. It's not something that we put into. Mm-hmm. We have allowed ourselves to be fooled by this into thinking that a lot of things that we see is real. It's like, we know for a fact that people have gone into debt trying to live some Instagram life that they don't actually mm-hmm. have. yeah. And that certain celebrities, whether it be acting, sports, political, whatever, that they are not the norm. There are some, you know, their situations, certain situations happened or, you know, certain people stepped in or what have you. And that just because they succeeded does not mean their success does not mean that you're a failure. Yeah, exactly. It, it uh brings me uh, to the thing about running your own race is that mm. you get so invested into how successful someone else is doing that you end up ignoring or downplaying your own successes success uh where it stands in your own thing it's like you're something that may be a challenge for you may not be a challenge for somebody else but that does not mean that it is still not um an accomplishment for you because yeah. you can only go by your life and in that same notion, uh, something that I've been you know, talking with, with a lot of my friends online about, if there's an issue, if you're feeling down about something, it's like, well, I know people are going through things it's like, no, if you're having issues, if, you're, if something's going on with your life, it's okay to say it. It's like, yes, those people are still having those things, but you can also still express frustration, hurt, yeah. you know, that's that's also important, too.
1: Yeah, I love all these different analogies that you're pulling out from this, because for me, when I wrote it, I think it had to do with the pressure to achieve, which oh, no, I'm definitely. Sorry. Me,
0: can I get one second? Yep. I'm Absolutely. so sorry. Sorry. Otherwise. OK, I'm sorry. What were you saying?
1: <laughs> I was saying you know, I was saying that I love all of these different analogies that you're pulling from this, because for me this had to do with, when I wrote it, mainly with achievement and the pressure to achieve, which I think that we all feel at various stages of our lives. And as you say, social media certainly doesn't make that easier. But I love that you also brought in the whole the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the things where uh, the sort of privileged group are saying to the not privileged group, well, you have to prove that you're worthy. And I just think that is complete. Can I swear? Yes. That is complete bullshit. Because, of course, why why would why would one group have to prove that they're worthy? That's just so dumb. And when I where I come from is, I mean, Sweden is well known for uh, for the you know the welfare state. Even though of course a lot of it has been dismantled, but we still have, we pay more taxes and have more welfare than a lot of other uh, places in the world. And I am very firmly of the very firm belief that we need to take care of everyone. Everyone is a human being and I am very happy to pay my taxes and I would be happy to pay more taxes in order for uh, other people who are less fortunate than me to get care, to get housing, to get food. Uh, and so that is also I think very much ingrained in me as a Swedish person growing up during a. Mainly socialist regime in my country, uh, so I think we can pull it into very different sort of places. I think, mm-hmm. but basically the uh, the fact of is che- Cheka is you know one person left in the world, possibly in the universe, one human left in the universe, I should say, uh, because the AIs are very clear that they are people; they're just not humans. But that's, Cheka that's is
0: a very distinct. There's a very distinct <laughs> distinction. You know, yeah
1: exactly so but she's potentially the last human but you know she still has her rights no matter what she does with her life she still has a right to life and to existence and to you know be be treated well by whoever she meets. you know as well as she has the the duty to treat everyone well of course um and I think part of part of the whole sort of arc for Cheka, apart from going on a journey and seeing what she finds if she gets to Mars is also she has grown up with non-sentient AIs and she's now meeting sentient AIs for the first time or not for the first time she did meet them when she was a, a young child but she doesn't quite remember what that was like mm-hmm. so one of her journeys also one of I don't think they're people because they're AIs but hang on they're telling me they're people they're functioning like people they're starting to become my friends okay huh so that is her sort of realization as well in this first season uh, yeah. as, along with everything else
0: yeah because i got mad at her uh because once they see yeah episode four came out and i got mad at her when she blew up at them and i was just mm-hmm. like how dare you talk to them that way It's like, good that's what i like, wanted you to say i also feel like I, i've had that and i've entered I've i'm not that old. I'm, I'm in my, uh, I don't I'm out mid 30s, going to late 30s. But I, I know. I love that
1: you're not giving me a number. You're just like, I'm in, I'm in this
0: range. <laughs> I'm 37 because <laughs> in my mind, it's one of those things to where you have a thought and it's just like that thought is not shared with everybody else. So nobody else sees how you're getting from A to B.
1: <laughs> yep. But um, Absolutely.
0: I, I started feeling like an old man early on when I. Watch. I would watch something with a teenager, and it's sometimes why I hate shows with teenagers because they put this emphasis on. There's always this thing of like, well, you know, you can do this because I'm not a kid anymore, and I'm thinking like, but no, yes, you are a kid. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not able to provide for yourself. I still have to take care of you. You're still a child. I can still treat you older, but you are not an adult yet. Because yeah. if something happens, you're going to run to me to fix it. And you're not also going to take responsibility. And I and it irritates me that that, that part of the conversation is never had. It yeah. always ends with, well, yeah, you are getting older now. And so I should, it's just like, but at the same time, you also did something very childish that messed up a lot of stuff for everybody else. And so in that same thing yeah. of, um, once again, to nerd stuff, and I extend mm-hmm. this to so many things, police, politicians, Uh, With great power must also come great responsibility. Absolutely. Uh, The the Spider-Man quote fits for Mm -hmm. so much. Yep. It's just like, yeah, you want to be treated as an adult. Okay, as an adult, um, you have to do more around the house. Or if you mess up or do something, you're going to be held accountable. You can't go back. You can't. If you want to be an adult, you cannot then pick and choose Mm -hmm. when you want to be an adult
1: which I think is what all teenagers do, right? They want to pick and choose. They want to be sort of uh, babies one minute and they want to be adults the next minute. And my children are not yet teenagers, which, uh, you know, my my son is 11, so he's the oldest and my daughter is nine. So, but I'm sort of already seeing those, you know, how they can shift from being so small and babyish to being so grown up within, you know, a minute and I'm just sort of reeling. I'm like, what is going on? But that is of course the process of growing up, right?
0: right. Yeah, that's, I, I, my son is only eight and I see him do that, um, he's, he's on the spectrum, but there are still some things and some things that my wife and I had to go over to be like, okay, is he not learning certain things because of his disability or because we still see him a certain way, so we're not giving him the opportunity to do something. And then there's also certain times to where we see that he will he will be very independent about something mm-hmm. to the point of he doesn't want you around. But then undoubtedly still needs you around for certain things, yeah. and certain things you have yeah. to be like, Okay, this is cool that you you want to do this, but no, because you don't know what you're doing or how you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: you might even hurt yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. And I can't, I don't feel like having that explanation with the cops. I don't, Yeah. I don't feel like having that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but that is because her, her blow up was, was something to where it's just like, oh, these teenagers, but at the same time, it is understandable because that is a lot of pressure to be like the only other human that I was physically around my whole life was my mother. Yeah. And now it's just me, and I'm not sure if there's anybody else, as you said, in the universe. Mm. And just that and we know you know, we don't it's it's one of those things where yes it's science fiction, but you don't have to go you don't have to think hard about how isolation affects human beings. Yeah. Um uh solitary confinement at uh, in prisons is like they, you know, a lot of times they throw people in a hole or whatever, and they come out very different because you're you're stuck by yourself, yeah. And you know, with with no one to talk to, she does have the benefit of AI. But as you mentioned, mm-hmm. like her, you know, she's like, well, you're not really people, so you don't really mm-hmm.
2: yeah. matter.
0: It's just like you you are programmed to be nice to me. You're programmed. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a thing of I guess free will. I guess the thing of it is. Yeah. It's like you don't have a choice into what you're doing. You're doing what you're programmed. Um, yeah.
1: On the other hand, I mean, AI sentience is really interesting. Yeah. And I've sort of made them be very advanced AIs. Right. And I haven't really explained how any of that happened. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm planning for three seasons of Cheka. So I'm thinking a lot of questions will be answered by the end of that. But you're not going to get all the answers by the end of season one.
0: Uh, that's no. that's fine. I'm I'm not one of those people I've seen a lot of people <laughs> will watch a show it's just like I don't understand what's happening. It's like it's the first episode. Like just
2: keep <laughs> yeah, watching. <relax>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like if if you got everything within the first episode, number one, that would be too much information.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it would go from telling a story to an information dump. Yep. Which I've I've seen it it some sometimes I wish I didn't watch. And listen to so many podcasts and different things about movies and whatever. Mm. Because now I can't turn my brain off when something happens. Yeah. It's like, I'll be watching something and then there'll be a point to where it just stops. And it's just like, oh, here's an information dump. And it's like, that was very clunky the way they did that. Uh, I don't
1: think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: think you could turn it off. You could turn it off now. Because yeah. you sort of activated that center in your brain. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. No,
0: you're fine. Because I was thinking it was like, because I, I just uh, recently watched uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness in theory. I
1: haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil. I'm
0: anything. not. Well, Please. you know what? Um, tomorrow it comes out on Disney Plus. So
2: yep. you, should,
0: you should be good. I'll, I'll actually <laughs> watch it again because... The first part threw me off and I thought it was the end. But anyway, I'm not going to. There's a part in the movie to where you see the backstory of two of the characters. Right. But it was in a way to where it's just like for one person, it was not needed. Mm -hmm. And also slightly contradicts what we see in the first movie. The second person, it was it was just it was also just weird because it was just like. I guess in their minds they were thinking like well how do we get their backstory without him asking about what happened Well in my mind mm-hmm. i'm thinking like but if you don't know this person then it would be natural for you to ask how this all started yeah and the way they did it was just like hmm it's like i still enjoyed it but i think that could have been better
1: yeah yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I actually, the first Doctor Strange movie is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, oh, really? I've watched it so many times. That and Ant-Man uh, one, I love those. For the sort of lighter side, I mean, I love the very dramatic um, Captain America. Is it the second one, I think, which is really dramatic? Uh,
0: yes, Winter Soldier.
1: Yeah, exactly. Winter. Yeah. I love that one, too. Yeah. We've done, um, me and my husband have done rewatches a few times of all the Marvel movies in order. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's some that's it, what we're like.
0: <laughs> if you are if you enjoy the more lighthearted, then um I think you enjoy Miss Marvel.
1: Oh Ms. I love no, Miss Marvel. Yeah,
0: that is there that is definitely yep. uh, and I'm liking it so far because as I tell a lot of people, I would like to see more of hey, the world's not in danger. Because yeah. I feel like some of those stories are Sometimes even better because the world doesn't have to be, you know, uh, I read comics and not every comic, not every (laughs) villain is a villain to to where it's a, I'm going to destroy the world. It's like, no, I'm focused just on you. And I feel like that, like that, that is so much that, that has a lot because it is a, of course, more personal uh, story. Yeah. uh, a lot of times it involves breaking the hero down so they can build it back up because we always yeah. like to see that, that build back up.
1: That journey, yeah.
0: Yeah, but um, I uh, lost my train of thought for a second.
1: Detour into Marvel movies here. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, I it depends on your mood, right? Because sometimes you're really up for a dramatic story and that epic sort of action <clears> throat> journey. Throat> And sometimes you just want something light and fluffy and 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 fun, uh, but yeah. It. Oh, anyway, I I also had a point that I was going to lead lead up to, and now I lost <laughs> my train of thought. Never mind.
0: But okay, well, here's one. Um, how would you feel about writing uh, something more? It's just Cheka is that is kind of epic, but it's more thing to where it's more expansive type of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you feel that may be like a more of a undertaking because you there there is a thing with raising the stakes to where there's a thing of if there's too much stakes too too early on, then everything else is kind of like this is this is warranted because speaking yeah. of Marvel, a lot of people have had the same, is like, well, after endgame, it's just yeah. like, well, these things are it's what are like you what do? right. And and once again, I'm just like, okay, well, you know how at the beginning of the movies it's like it <laughs> built up, it's like they're yeah. doing that again. Yeah. This thing yeah. is ended, and so now you have all these people who are building off the world that we started before. Yeah. So, you know, you'll get to what the big bad is or what the, whatever, um, universe. Big epic thing. Right. Yeah. What it would be is like, have you thought about that to where, uh, it's like, okay, what can I, what can I think of that would be more big enough? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for, for Chika, I have the sort of three seasons the arcs are plotted out. I don't I haven't written them, but I have the arcs. So I know what's going to happen. And I know that season two will be very different from season one and season three will be very different from either of them. So I know there, it will still be sci-fi and it will still be, uh, be Chika will be in it, but um, you know, a lot of other things will be different. What I did in Y2K is I went from, I had 12 voice actors from that, season one, which was the whole weekly for a year, um, a year in their lives, almost sort of thing in parallel timelines. And then I did a season two, which was very different, uh, which was a monthly episodes, each centering on one of those characters, sort of dipping into their lives at some point. Um, And in that season, I had, it, it took place in 12 different cities in 12 different years and I had uh, well over 40 voice actors involved. Oh. And that was to coordinate just, you know, cause there's, there's just me, you know, right. uh, I sometimes pay people, but it, the organizing and the producing is just me. That was a lot. And I was like, well, I'm releasing monthly now. So it's not weekly, it's much less work. Yeah, but you're also in a new place for every episode. So you have new soundscapes. And you have new actors, new, new sort of supporting actors coming in for every episode. And it was just uh, logistically a lot. So while the story wasn't epic like, you know, um, like Marvel movies, it was a big undertaking. And so for Cheka, I have, for season one, I have five actors. And one of them has a very small part. So I basically only have four actors that have uh, major roles and uh, that was, is much more contained, you know, and the space is more contained. They're just in sort of two different places. So I would love to branch out and do something different. I have sort of a uh, desk drawer thing written, you know, I've, it's, in my, it's in my drawer, it's sort of written, uh, which is more of a, an action thriller type thing. Okay. Uh, which has a very different setting, uh, which at some point uh, will be produced. So that will be maybe more uh, what you're talking about, as in an epic story. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I like, I love writing, and I always am always all about the characters and how they relate and their journeys and what's going on with them. Uh, but I love experimenting with different genres. I mean, it's really interesting to go from, you know, straight up drama, slice of life, very realistic. You know, I hunted down sound effects from, from buses in London in 2001, you know, how would they sound stuff like that? It's you know, I, I got nerdy about it, you know? Um, but then sci-fi, you can just make shit up, you know? Right. I found this, metal workshop sound effects from somewhere in, I don't know, Romania, maybe? And it was amazing. And I used so much of it layered in cheka's sort of the sound design for the uh, spaceship. Okay. So you, can, you know, you can just make stuff up. That's how that spaceship sounds. It sounds like right. a metal workshop in Romania. <laughs> kind of. That
0: That is something uh, I always found interesting as far as sound work. How much how many sounds that we associate are not Mm -hmm. actually made with those sounds they're actually you know like for people fighting it's like they're punching a pig carcass or whatever it's like because they have the same (laughs) as far as like animals they have the same i would say consistency or whatever but they have the same feel as a human body so it kind of makes a similar sound although for i would say majority of people we don't know what it sounds like to hit another person no it's like, we just know just the regular slap, and so, but it's our yeah. mind, you know, is like- It's it, all, yeah. Oh, no, go
1: ahead. It, it kind of works the, the other way around as well, that mm-hmm. movies are teaching us what it sounds like when someone is being punched, right. you know, which is weird because maybe, maybe I don't think I've heard that in real life, but I've heard it a lot in all sorts of, you know, media. Mm-hmm. so maybe we have what we have been taught certain sounds sound like are not what they actually sound like and as a sound designer sometimes i sort of record i mean i do a mix of free sound which is a which is a wonderful free resource but is also you have to sort of sift through a lot of weird stuff but um i use a mix of that and i make my own effects if i can so sometimes i have recorded you know exactly what i want you know those shoes on that floor, and it just doesn't sound right. So I have to switch to something else. And maybe it's just me, you know, banging a plastic shoehorn on that floor to make the sound that sounds right for those steps on those shoes. Mm. But using those actual shoes doesn't sound right. So it's weird, right? Yeah,
0: that is, yeah, you know, because, and I, in- and just when you're saying it in my mind, I know mean, you're saying shoes in my mind, I'm thinking of a, like a horse drawn carriage on like mm. cobblestone and just thinking of that, that sound, you know, yeah. kind of like clogs walking with different yeah. things and and we have in our mind what that sounds like, mm-hmm. but if we actually heard it and I think of, of uh, speaking of action movies, Mm. Um, firearms when a weapon when a gun goes off it actually sounds a lot different than what we've been as you say taught from different things movies. Yeah. like um i watch a lot of stuff and uh, a lot of people um uh, you know ex-military or whatever have always pointed out when people are using suppressors in movies or whatever as they point yeah. out they're like there is no such thing as a silencer a suppressor just changes the way that it sounds by, you know, the air vents and everything. It Mm -hmm. still makes a sound. It still makes an audible sound. But it's something that they use to try to max um, the type of gunshot it is or or whatever, whatever have you. But if you watch a movie, you're thinking it's this type of sound. It's just, oh, yeah, that sound is just... And they're just like, no, it's (laughs) like they would... (laughs) They would probably time that with something else so that other people can't hear it as, so, as much. But it, it, it is funny how, as you said, it's like we've been taught what certain things sound yeah. like. And think what's, uh Jurassic World just recently came out. Yeah. And just having to think of, it's like, okay, we were, none of us were alive and dinosaurs <laughs> were around. So we have to create, what a dinosaur sounds like. Yeah, we we have to create what a T Rex sounds like when it roars. We have no idea mm-hmm. what it actually would sound like. And I was mm-hmm. joking with somebody uh, in a in a Discord uh, the other day. I was just like, "It's funny this movie came, this series started when I was in what's it, 93? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like
2: when
0: yeah, I was in something school. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and from then to now, we have learned so much about dinosaurs in that time, mm-hmm. you know, about the fact of like, well, they probably had feathers.
1: Yeah, they probably did.
0: But yet, like, but they're sticking to, no, no, these are yeah. giant lizards. The and Jurassic, so the Jurassic
1: to... Park dinosaurs, they look like this. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And, and so it's just like, you know, so they and so they maintain that, what was it? I want to say they use a lion,
1: yeah, it's and a so mix. It's, I yeah. heard that somewhere. It's a mix of a lion and a hyena or something. It's it's something right. weird.
0: Yeah, it's it, weird. Yeah, it's a mix of three different animals. Yeah. And and just the and in our mind, we can hear that. And be like, oh, that's a. That, it's like it could be something completely different, and we yeah. but we have in our mind what that is.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And just and, I, and we I believe think, it. Right, it's believable. It's like if yeah. we heard. If if we actually had dinosaurs and it roared <laughs> and it's kind of sound like an angry hawk or something, yeah, we'd be like, well, that's not what it's supposed to sound like. It's just like <laughs> but it is.
1: <laughs> and and yeah, and you know, even because we're talking about sounds now, but even the visual of dinosaurs. Because I grew up learning that dinosaurs looked like they looked like in Jurassic Park, right? Right. So and then this whole feather idea and i've tried to teach my children that yep they probably had feathers and we don't know what they looked like but these are the theories and blah 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 and and say even saying that i sort of feel no no no, that's wrong t-rexes are big gray lizards that's what they are because i was taught that when i was a kid and i can't i can't sort of undo that idea even though i'm actively working on it it's it's weird
0: your your brain is actively fighting against itself yep but until they until they break up things like well look at an ostrich it's just like yeah that's that's like a mm-hmm. it's like it because when you look at especially and as once again like i told you <laughs> as we diverge into different things yep. Go for it. If, if you look at the talons of like birds of prey you would notice how they do resemble like, you know, that, that T-Rex, you know, it's like, okay, I can, I can see it. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) yeah. Evolution is grand.
1: It is. And your brain does weird things. Yes. Somebody uh, mentioned, I think it was on a podcast and now I can't remember which one that is the, is it MGM that has the lion? that that's not a lion's roar. I think it's a tiger roar or something. They were like, it's not a lion's roar. And I'm like, but it's a lion. I've seen it so many times, I've heard it so many times. I
0: know. I've (laughs) never heard that before. Now I'm just like, what? It's like, but we have lions, why why the tiger?
1: I don't know. I'm not sure if it was a tiger, but it's not a lion. It's something else. And I'm like, but that's weird.
0: But you know what? I, I can also buy that because going, once again, going into misconceptions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we, we think of the lion as the king of the jungle. We yeah. think of them as the apex predator. When you watch something like Animal Planet, National Geographic, they are not the kings, especially as far as we think of the male lions. They are the laziest yeah. <laughs> big cats. They don't They don't really hunt for anything. I've seen hyenas chase off lions. I've seen yeah. um, elephants. Hippos hippos are extremely dangerous. Yeah. I didn't realize how many people hippos kill. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, "You I can't outrun a hippo. Like, are you are you sure?" Yeah. It's like, "No, you can't." I'm like, "Oh, I believe you." And it's yep. also the thing of tigers are much more in essence kings and queens of their domain mm. than than lions are. Number one, they're bigger. Yeah. And just the way that they move in in their environment. And it's just like, wow. It's like, but it's one of those things to where if you, if you try to say a tiger is the king of the jungle, it's just like, no, it's not, it's a lion.
1: (laughs) And also lions don't live in the jungle. Exactly. And also, but you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like everyone's a casting director. You know, you you cast the lion, the lion male as the king. And it's all wrong, but they look the part. So you just everyone just goes with it. It's weird.
0: Yeah. And when and I'm pretty sure I'll I'll really mess you up. The thing of like okay, the whole thing like the Lion the King, in in the pride the lion only one lion has kids. Like anybody else, you have to leave. Yeah. And so when they talk about the Lion King, they're just like, okay, hold up. There's Simba.
2: Yeah. And there's Nala.
0: <laughs> It's like, but Scar didn't have anybody, so it's not with like his yeah. sister, and it's that whole, and it's just like, wait, and it's like all these different things. It's oh, just like, I, it's like I don't right. want to ruin my childhood.
1: Oh right, I uh, didn't think of that.
0: Yeah, I have never
1: thought of that. You're so right.
0: Right, because because uh, you think about Scar looks, sticky. Scar looks completely different from Mufasa, and they've they've had mm-hmm. sequels to where Scar has a kid, and Scar kids look like him. Uh-huh. He has a son that looks like him, but everybody else still looks like, but <laughs> everybody else is just like, number one, Who who's the mom? That's what I want to yeah. know.
1: <laughs> it's all one big incestuous, horrible Exactly. Mess. It's like, wow.
0: <laughs> it's like the, the things that you just gloss over and you think about, just those yeah. nights that you lay awake and you can't sleep, it's just like who's Nala's mom and it's like, who's the dad? Who's, it's like, there's yeah. all these things that you think yeah. about. <laughs> but
1: it's like what you were talking about earlier, which is the, uh, you've sort of listened to too many podcasts and you can't sort of unlearn that analytical uh, view of, well, pop culture in general, I guess. Right. And I, I, I'm right there with you. And also the more I produce myself, the more I write myself, the more I act, and direct the more i get hung up on all those little details as well right. so the mean it's like the more you learn and the more you do yourself you just increasingly cannot watch movies It's. but you know it's one of those uh, my husband and i have my my mom says she can't watch movies with us because we're constantly just going, huh? But wait, they miss they skipped that point. What's going on over there? I'm
0: that person, they're so, yeah. and, I, and I had to be like, shut up, nobody else is asking you. So just wait <laughs> if they ask you, that's different, but if they're not, I'm just going to be quiet and let them go on because there's so many moves I'm watching. It's like, but that doesn't make sense. And know, somebody exactly. trying to wave off, it's like, well, it's this fantasy, it's like, yeah, I get that. But in the world that they set up, this goes against the rules that they just told me. It's yes, like I can, exactly. I can I can rock with anything, but mm-hmm. if you have rules that you set up and, you and break then you change, them? right? Yeah. Then I'm just like you wrote nope. yourself in the corner, and you nope. didn't know how to like I I yep. talk about that with the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. they came to a organic point to end this story. And they're like, "Well, we got four more episodes, so <laughs> we're going to pull something out of our ass." And and now yeah. it's just like, "But you could have just ended it." It's like you're it, yeah. you, you're not a network; you could have just ended it, and it would have been fine.
1: But I think what the Netflix shows are doing because oh. I I've, I've watched most of them and I enjoyed them mostly.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I especially enjoyed the first one, which was called "Help Me." Daredevil. Uh, was that the first one? Maybe it was. Oh,
0: well, I'm, I'm sorry. Or the Netflix, sorry, the Netflix Marvel shows, or just Netflix shows in general.
1: The Netflix Marvel
0: shows. Yes, that was Daredevil was the first one.
1: Okay, that's not the one I meant. So maybe I just messed uh, up Jessica Jones. I, I love Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yes, but I think what they're doing there is uh, a lot of the time they want to stretch the story. Mm-hmm. So they have a story and' it's, Jessica Jones, certainly, especially the first season, is a very compelling story. Yes. and then you have <laughs> these weird episodes kind of in the middle somewhere that have no point and don't move the story or the character forward. And right. they're just filler. And it's and you know, it comes down to money, of course it does because they want to yeah. make money and they get you know paid views per episode so you know they need to sort of boost that and they want to say we've done x amount of episodes of jessica jones
0: right. and they don't have
1: a story that covers that and i'm like but you could you could do something could do <laughs> some actual storytelling instead of just going we're going to stretch it and then we're going to plonk some filler in here i don't know I, that.
0: I think anybody that is a fan of anime is a is aware of filler and for a lot of times, we hate filler. <clears throat> for For the most, for mostly, it is because number one, the the animation industry in Japan is horrible. Those people mm. are so overworked. Some of them sleeping at the studios. They don't get paid. Right. The studios get shut down. They're they're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. They're overworked, and just not not near enough recognition. Um, but a lot of times. The manga, which is the comic books in Japan, Mm. are much more linear and self-contained than uh, Western comic books. But a lot of times, as with as we saw with, uh, even though I never watched the show, as we saw with Game of Thrones, Mm. they came to a point to where they were filming, but the source material they came to a part to where they had passed with the source material, right? Yeah, so they had to make up their own stuff. That Mm -hmm. what happens. That's what happened in anime.
1: Yeah the right.
0: the volume or wherever they're at is not has not caught up. They're like, okay, so we have to throw uh, in some filler so that right. you know we, we're not surpassing uh, what happened in the story. And sometimes they do just go ahead and pass, and it's completely mm-hmm. different, divergent from what <laughs>
1: it, the, the, the book original is. story. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then yeah. sometimes later they will come back and be like, okay, this is now more. Faithful to the book as opposed to this, so they they right. will do that sometimes. But yeah, those those episodes. And I think you pointed out great to where it does not move the story forward. Mm. And I think I think that's the thing that really gets uh, people about filler to where it's a thing. And especially there's this one anime uh, called Naruto. They yeah. had entire seasons that was nothing but filler, oh, and it was dear. just like, and it's just like, hold up, but we. <laughs> It's like, but there's a war going on, and now we just have this random story Season. that's supposed to take right. That's supposed <laughs> to take place. Like, what is this taking place?
2: Uh. And it's just like.
0: And then sometimes what we'll made it worse, they'll be like, "Yeah, this thing is happening. Don't forget, this thing is happening." Also, let's go into this. Let's go into this dream this person is having <laughs> while all this other stuff. is just like. Okay, I'll, I'll watch this dream. Oh, wait, this dream is a two-parter? No. No, it shouldn't be a two-parter. Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, we know it's not real. We know it does not have any bearing on the actual story. I don't yeah. care about this hypothetical <laughs> dream that they're having. It's... But yeah, that I, I, there was a part, in speaking of Jessica Jones, I want to say it was mm-hmm. the third season. There was a, a part to where... They were looking for her mom and just just in case for anybody who hasn't seen it, which also you should have seen it by now. <laughs> it's like they have her mom, she's captured, I'm like, okay, well this should be the end. And then something happens, her mom escapes, and she's like, but she could have stopped her. And it's and it does have a thing, and then they stopped her, like, well then let's look at this. let's, let's look at this. Yeah. And and I'm I can be fine if it doesn't move the plot forward as long as it still provides some type of character motivation yeah, or Absolutely.
2: backstory that
0: we, that we don't have before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes they don't always do that or sometimes they will, as we've seen a lot of times with uh, prequels or something that's set into, they're like, okay, let's go back and to this mm-hmm. character's backstory. And I think the problem there is when they're just like, well, haven't you ever wondered how they got this? Like, no, nobody's ever wondered that. You could have. <laughs> how did Han Solo get his name? It's like I just assumed he was born with that name. It's like yeah. no, it's that he's was by reasoning. himself, and yeah, so like... he's solo. It's like what? <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody, nobody was wondering that. Like I just assumed that was his name. It's like yeah. you ever wonder how he got this gun? I, somebody gave that it to I don't gun. know. Right? It's like it's yeah. They do all these things, and it's just like you're not you're not providing any useful information. Yeah. And it's also it's also the thing to where they have a sometimes uh and I also wonder about uh you thinking about this with Cheka, thinking about it now, to where there's a thing to where it's like, okay, there is a part of a story that happens, but then we also have a beginning point. And we want to have something cool, but we also have to make sure that whatever we're doing cool here, Mm -hmm. we still have to end up back here. Yeah. And I I find a lot of times, speaking of like having epic stories and raising the stakes, you do run into an issue of if there's already a, since since I went to Star Wars, we had the, Mm -hmm. what was at the time, the end of George Lucas's story. Yeah, because he, he had those but you know for whatever reasons he didn't have them but yeah. then they're just like well let's tell you the story beforehand and then you see the story and it's just like how is all this technology better than what they had later on
1: yes I mean that was just such a big weird wacky thing right Yeah. and then he tried to fix it by doing that horrible thing to the original movies where he remastered and added shit in to the scenes You're right which and you know, didn't help Adorable. No, it,
0: it did not help. Yeah, like like you said, as as we said, sometimes less is more.
2: Yes, it's it's like,
0: and it's just like it's like no. I think you misunderstood the problem. The problem was not adding new stuff to the old ones. It was taking away all this other stuff from from those, or you know, to at least have something to where it's like, well, the republic is taking over, so yes. all that innovation is like they keep for themselves and they
1: they, people, yeah, or they yeah they lost they it up, or it right,
0: got destroyed. Yeah, whatever, it. Was ever, right? Somehow, <laughs> and. Yeah. And when I I don't think that the remaster was as big of a problem if he didn't make it harder to find the original. Yes, he's that's... made it
1: almost impossible to right. find the original. And and the remastering okay, I could have dealt with the remastering I think. But the adding weird scenes with really bad CGI right. is just very disturbing.
0: Changing uh, changing uh that Han did not actually shoot first. It's yes. just like, but I, but I thought him shooting first spoke What's to th- right, to spoke to his character to where he's he's mm-hmm. supposed to be a scoundrel because wh- number one, it's just like he didn't shoot first. It's like, well, if that's the case, how did the guy miss him that close?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Once definitely. again, it's a thing of just like you what you set up made it worse. It It, it made me think about it's like, well, that's that's a horror.
1: Makes sense.
0: It's like in the, in the future, people are horrible shots. Yeah. It's like you have all this <laughs> you have all this advanced technology you and know, they can't
1: just... they can't aim. Right. No one can aim.
0: What is the point of the stormtroopers wearing armor if it doesn't <laughs> actually protect them?
1: <laughs> no, it just looks cool. <laughs> they're like lions, you know?
0: Right, it's just like <laughs> it's like they're still getting taken out with one shot. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. no, and I, um, uh this is fun but no and i i also think about um but no no i was asking about uh, chayka when you thinking about making sure that you that at some point that you're the beginning part of your story doesn't override where you're trying to go yeah
1: yeah i mean that is a big thing i think and i did do i mean i'm doing sort of two where I'm doing Cheka's timeline, and then I'm good doing bits from Valen's timeline in this season one. Mm-hmm. But I did the same in, in Y2K, actually, because I had two timelines going on at the same time. And then they sort of, um, people from one timeline sort of popped up 20 years later in the other timeline, and, you, you know, you got more of a story. And it is very much like, you know, laying a puzzle of the story. You can't sometimes you have to sort of figure things out before you can write something so when I was writing Cheka I had to sometimes stop and go okay I now have to figure out how this thing will work in season three before I can write this bit because otherwise I'm gonna have a real problem in season three you know so that's the kind of I as I said I only have a sort of uh, arc plot sort of mapped out for those seasons but some specific things I had to sort of establish and just tell myself because no one else knows that this is this is what's going on in this story actually my script editor probably knows because I talked to her about everything but this is what's going on here at this point and this is the backstory of this whole world and all of that stuff you know because if I don't know some of these facts and I sort of allude to the mystery around them then my illusions might be wrong, and that's going to get me in big trouble. Writing yeah. later, things. so it's 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 kind of like I mean, telling stories. I I always think about this when I'm reading myself or watching a TV or whatever, is you sort of keeping an ever expanding set of information in your head, and you have to sort of keep it all in your head at the same time, because if you lose, I mean, of course, I have notes. I have tons of notes, and I think. Especially, you know, people who write novels and things like that, they have, like, copious notes. Right. But you still have to, whatever things you need to know to write this scene and this character, you still have to have that fresh in your mind. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to write this scene and this character. Uh, So it's a lot of sort of keeping everything all at once. It's balancing it. Uh, And and sometimes, you know, I, I mess up, but usually I I mean I read through my things uh quite a few times before I send them to the actors and I also have as I said a great script editor who who knows me and my storytelling very well so she picks up on things like I don't think this is what you meant to say here Mm -hmm. are you sure you want to say it like that and I'm like oh you're right I didn't we need to switch that around Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah and I think about that a lot too I don't I don't write. I've written one story,
1: mm.
0: and for for me, I'm good with plot points. I'm not so good with dialogue, like I right. I or continuous dialogue. It's like I know certain things I want people to say, but having a thing, I know that's something I had to go back and be like tighten up. It's like okay, and it maybe I I thought about it when you were talking about it earlier. Mm. So being like okay. I'm getting too much in the minutiae of everyday talk to where I can shorthand (laughs) some of this. Yeah. Because it's because I I wanted to do a horror story, and it was a thing Mm. of I had the ending in my mind. And it was a thing of subversive. Like, it was a scene I I had, oh my God, your music is too loud.
1: (laughs) Is this a neighbor or? I don't know
0: who it is. I'm thinking somebody driving. I'm like, I should not.
1: Ah, no. I'm sort of feeling it all the way over here. Right. It's like,
0: wow. It's like (laughs) and it's all bass. It's like, I don't know. Is is there any music? But okay.
1: No, it's
0: just bass. (laughs) Sorry, it just it that irritates me. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) That's fine. But it was a thing of like, okay, because I love horror I love horror stuff, but it was also Mm -hmm. a thing of like, okay, a like I had a character, I had all this stuff, it'd be like okay, some beloved spirit haunting some family. Um, and since I love film and whatever, I mm-hmm. in my mind I had it visually. Yeah. So comes in, dark room, there's dark space in a corner, and it's like, you know, the the creature the, the spirit is facing the wall. And like there's there's light behind us, like there, there's there's open room. You know, the room's dark, open up the door. There's light, except for one dark spot in the room in the corner. Yeah, you know, creepy little girl, whatever type of spirit, hair yeah. comes up. They turn around and attack the person,
2: mm-hmm. but then they
0: stop. And then you see the spirit is scared and uh-huh. starts to back away. And then you see the silhouette come in, and then you see some wings come out from the silhouette, uh-huh. and then that's it. And I was just uh-huh. like like I need to write a story about or something about that. Yeah. About who that character is and whatever.
1: What's going on there?
0: Right. Yeah. And I, and I always think like that would be as I felt I always felt like that would immediately catch an audience because you mm-hmm. have the you have the thing that you think is going to happen.
1: Yeah. And, and then it doesn't. it
0: doesn't. And then you have to be like, so what is that? So what is what is up with this character that that thing is scared of? It? Yeah.
1: What does that mean? Right. Yeah. And so
0: so I wrote something to where it's like, okay, it is initially that character does not show up to the very end of the story. And I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to start with the family and what's <laughs> yeah. going on with them. They're happy family. They're not happy. Where the spirit come from? They have kids mm-hmm. and how they have to talk with each other. And then how this character finds them. What's going on? And he just senses it. They reach out to him. What happens? How does... You know Mm-mm. and just do that yeah and so like that is the thing of like okay but if he can do that how come he wasn't here earlier if yeah. is the thing of just like is he how strong is he how and i do this with a lot of stuff i have a lot of <laughs> thoughts going on and i do think you know like like you said it's like once you have that thing turned on you can't mm-hmm. turn it off
1: no exactly and it, and
0: it, and it influences <laughs> Other things that you do, like I have in my head, it's like okay. Well, I have this character, or, or how, how I would write something. It's like okay, I saw mm-hmm. that, but well, this is how I would do it. And yeah. because I've seen so much, this is like okay. But well, they never really explain in movies why this works. It's like okay, so I would make sure that I have they have this, they have this connection. So that's mm-hmm. how they did this. That's how they work with this. That's how. That's why. Yeah. That's why they're good at doing this certain thing because of this thing that I showed early on, yeah. But also at the same time, uh, I guess as you said, it's kind of like uh, certain shows have a, as they call it, a Bible. It's like this is, yeah, the history and lore of this world, <laughs> yeah. And it's a thing of we may not even show or get to all of it, but just yeah. know that it exists and is what this world is based off of, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. you need
1: to know a lot more what you're than what you're saying uh,
0: exactly you're yeah 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 because you as you know I said like they nobody else may ever see it but if you can yeah. at least hint to it then it does yeah. give it's world building
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah which i i, I think is in um an important and i think you you've done in Cheka, which as as far as why she's going to mars because the world did not just stop at the moon base. It's like, no, we've extended further. Mm. And we don't actually know their stories or what whatever happened with that. But there is,
2: yeah.
0: um, you also brought up something about um, wildfires. That, that has yeah. become a, a, an increasing thing. And it's just like, oh, what's the story behind that? What's going on yeah. to why there's more? And like, does that have anything to do with the mystery and what's going on? Mm. And so it does hint to a larger world outside of the main characters, which is, once Mm -hmm. again, going back to Star Wars, one of the bigger criticisms is, like, it's a galaxy, but yet we're still focusing on this one family and their issues to where there's so many other (laughs) stories that we want to hear from, but we're just stuck on these same people for nine movies, so. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm with you there. Uh, But yeah, I mean, for for Chika and the the sort of something has happened on Earth, Earth Earth went silent when Chika was almost eight years old, and she's now 18 as we start the story. So she and her mother have been living on the moon base, not knowing what happened on Earth for 10 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it's like you said, there is there are sort of I allude to it. All communications went silent the wildfires started sort of not being controlled. So there are some sort of hints about climate change effects on earth, Mm -hmm. but that wouldn't explain why communications all of a sudden from everywhere just went silent. So there is a mystery there,
0: (laughs) certainly. And It is also a mystery of, okay, so did something happen to the population before or after communication stopped? It's yeah. like, did, did the communication get cut off because there was nobody alive to keep it up? Or did mm-hmm. it cut off? And so did, so did it cut off and then nobody was able to get anything out afterwards?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like that. We I think don't that's, know. Right. I think that's <laughs> interesting. Uh, have you ever thought about uh, writing collaboratively with somebody else? Like um, have a story that's, you know, pinned by you and another person?
1: I. I'm probably more of a solo writer I think um I have written um, some scripts that I think I can talk about but they're not produced yet uh, I'm writing some scripts for uh, the lucky die which is an actual play podcast so um, okay. role-playing but they do uh, audio dramas audio drama backstories for some of their characters so uh, I've written one and I will write some more. And that wasn't, um, I mean, I wrote the thing myself, but I based it off um, him who is the GM. She, it's sort of her story. So she wrote the whole, the plot basically is her. And the characters of course are from their sort of campaign, their very long, huge campaign and world. Uh, So that was me writing in someone else's world, but not really collaborative writing, but collaboration on a story, I guess. And I think also for me, it was, it was, I mean, we're friends. And she said sort of, ah, this dialogue is just not working out. And I was like, oh, dialogue, I can do dialogue. And she was like, okay, so if I give you some plot, will you do some writing? I was like, <laughs> sure, let's talk about that. Um, but it also helps that I love this story. I mean, I'm such a fan of that show and I've listened and re-listened and I love the world and the epic story that's fantasy because that's dnd okay. so it's you know a, an epic fantasy world which is uh, just amazing and the uh, players are just so committed to their characters
0: do you find it uh difficult to write for somebody else's character somebody else's world
1: i think i would find it much more difficult if i didn't know this world and these characters so well after like you know 150 plus episodes of a <laughs> storyline right
0: yeah because i yeah 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 yeah, because i guess that makes sense if you just if there's that much then you already are able to have a voice of what the character is
2: yeah
0: as opposed to if it's something starting off you have to there is I, i would assume there'd be a back and forth of okay i have this written for for her to say yeah but for you the creator is this something that you feel the character would actually say
1: yeah, and I exactly. feel
0: like that would be a, a thing, and that that is another, um, as, as far as comics as something that you know, a lot of things like the, people have certain runs that they're into, mm. but there are a lot of so many different creators for writers for everybody for Batman, yeah, Spider Man, yeah. Superman, and so there's a lot of different, um tones and the crazy thing is there are there are a lot of different writers concurrently for uh heroes like there there's not just Batman comics there's yeah. there's the the Batman self-titled there's Detective Comics which is what DC is built off of um that's Batman and I want to say there are I'm going to be conservative and say there are at least right now five concurrent Batman stories besides the two I just told you Mm -hmm. that are telling either a past or alternate story of his by different writers.
2: Yeah.
0: And so each person has their own voice for like, okay, what Batman wouldn't would say. And for some people, and that clashes with certain people you mm. are like, well, the Batman that I read wouldn't do that. It wouldn't say that. It wouldn't act that way. Or the one I've read has already learned this lesson that you're trying to teach him in your story. Yeah. And so that does kind of become a thing of, number one, kind of clashing with your personality of the character. But yeah. I think it also gets to think of, like, there's, there's a version of the character that you like all, you know, if you're looking for it, there's a version of it. Like, some versions of Spider-Man is yeah. kind of jerkish and... Kind of man, babyish, because in the comics he's he's the late twenties, early thirties guy. He's like, but they keep wanting to put him as a teenager,
2: yeah, and stuff.
0: But like, he's he's as I say, a grown ass man. (laughs) Um, and so there's a lot of history and different things, but it is a thing of of uh, I want to say giving creators, giving writers the confidence or the freedom to say, okay, this is yours. Because sometimes you will find that, you know, when one person ends their run and another creator comes up after them, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they will completely divorce themselves from what came before. Yeah. Even if it was really popular, Uh, so.
1: To sort of make their mark, right?
0: Exactly. And it's just like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's new status quo, like jump on. It's just like, but I liked what came before. It's like, well, that person, they came to the conclusion of their story. And so they moved on.
1: I mean, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. And that is what Doctor Who is all about Mm -hmm. that you sort of grow to love your doctor, which is, you know, and then, and uh, often, you know, the showrunner as well, the stories they tell. And then it all switches. And as a fan, you're all lost. And hopefully you sort of find yourself again in this new Doctor and this new thing, but yeah. it's uh, it's all about that. I mean, I haven't, I watched all, so many Marvel movies and also TV shows, but I've hardly read any comics at all. So I'm not, uh, I can't relate there, but I can relate with Doctor Who because I think it's more or less the same sort of thing where a new show, showrunner turns up and sort of wants to put their mark on it. And uh, yeah, it can yeah. be hard.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've started and I've only recently just gotten back into comics, but it's, but you, you can see it as much as far as how it translates with uh, the movies mm. into where I would notice a lot of, especially, it seems especially with uh, Batman, they have adapted the same story like three times live action. And you can and like yeah. it, and you can see different plot points. It's this this one story the long Halloween. They recently did it with the most recent Batman movie, and they've done it, I want to say with at least like two others, kind of spread out. But you can see that and you can see it with the tone of certain stories. Mm-hmm. Um
1: but they've done that with Spider-Man as well because they've told yes. they've done like Spider-Man movies, movies, movies. I can't say the word movies now. Um, <clears> in so <throat> many sort of uh, generations, basically, and some of them were very close together. Uh, I mean, that was pre-MCU, I guess most of them, but still, it was a lot of them yeah. telling the same story as well.
0: Yeah, they're telling the same story, but in, in diverging, but. Um... But yeah, geez, it's really loud. Um, you can also <laughs> really just tell in even in certain things it's like, okay, this this director, like this one is gonna be kind of a gonna throw a twist of a little horror thing in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. certain things and so how that translates and how people get that. But I, I figure with this being singular and as you say, you knowing the person, it is easier for you to to give a voice for the person because as you say, you've you have all this backstory (laughs) on it to 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 give a um what's the word i want to say a informed thought on how you think this person would speak
1: yeah i mean i think so it's it's funny because Cheka actually started as a monologue which i wrote for the in 2019 for the 50th anniversary of the moon landing Oh,, okay. uh, which was it was it was a competition. and uh, um, and the and the, of course, that was the first man on the moon. And I was like, "Oh, I wonder who the first woman on the moon was." And I was like, "Oh, there hasn't actually been a woman on the moon. That's interesting. Uh, and so I was like, "Oh, okay, well, actually, Valen's the first woman on the moon, and she uh, entered there hundred years after Neil Armstrong. And it was just her job. There was no sort of, no big thing. No, nobody wrote about it. Nobody sort of talked about a step for mankind. It was just, you know, I'm just an engineer doing my job. That was sort of the monologue, which a lot of that is in the prologue of Cheka. And so uh, Sarah Golding, who had that uh, competition, and uh, she actually cast uh, Angelique as uh, Valen. And I loved her. And I was like, oh wow uh, I probably want to make this into a series and I really hope Angelique wants to uh, sort of come back as Valen and luckily uh, she did so uh, Angelique is the only actor in Cheka that I didn't cast but uh, I'm very happy with how it worked out anyway
0: yay Angelique <laughs> yeah Uh-oh. she's brilliant yeah she is I really enjoy her That's why I was uh I was uh I was called, I was like, yeah, my, my first podcast friend. It's like, it's, she, she also has a podcast, uh, yep. polyglotal Stop, where she talks about yep. a lot of
1: language. Uh, um, language.
0: I was going to say legit l- l-
1: l- Linguistics. L- l-
0: l- thank you. <laughs> my tongue <laughs> would not let me go there. Uh, oh, but, but before I go, uh, i yeah. did want to ask you about your podcast and what, and what you oh. do. Uh, who do you do it with and what's the name of it?
1: Oh, my my 1st f- uh, uh, nonfiction podcast, you mean? Yes. Uh, well, it's in Swedish.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> it's called The <laughs> Nya And uh, it's actually on hiatus after episode 100 because I got too bogged down with uh, sound designing, audio drama, but we are talking about picking it up back up. So I do it with um, two of my friends. We've been friends for ages and ages, and we talk about uh, nerdy pop culture things. So, okay. quite a few Marvel movies have crept in there.
0: How? Because I, I'm, pretty I've asked everybody: Is how difficult is it to coordinate with other people to record something?
1: Uh, we started in 2018, and mm-hmm. we actually just gathered at my house every sort of third weekend or so, and then we mm-hmm. recorded like four or five episodes all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that worked out okay. We We did used to release weekly, and then the pandemic hit, and we started recording remotely, which was so much harder in many ways because it was so hard to get good sound. Uh, I mean, the audio quality just went—you know—it's went straight down. Uh, So that was hard, and also just, you know, the early days of the pandemic, it was hard to schedule stuff, and everyone was just pandemic stressed and lockdowns and people were sick and you know it was all all a big mess so we did manage to uh make it through 2020 and we ended at the end of 2020 i think in december or something like that or went on our hiatus uh so we've been on hiatus for a while now but we do have a back catalog of 100 episodes if any swede wants to check it out
0: there's white uh, swedes uh check it out (laughs) (laughs) but no but yeah i've i run into that a lot i will know i will actually say that um i know I, I never like saying this one good thing about the pandemic but no but it's yeah, just, you yeah. know i doing. know <laughs> um is that in the online community which i befriended uh angelique is mm-hmm. that i've been able to find a lot of like-minded people and just just cool people to talk to um I said she introduced me to you. Um, but oh. just so many different people doing so many different things. Um, like I was blown away when I met Angelique and was talking to her and I was like, Oh, you you do voice acting? It's like I love voice acting. It's like I, I can't <laughs> do it, but I, I'm interested to hear somebody who does and Yeah. Her living in Korea and teaching and doing this uh, mm-hmm. like that's that's awesome. I've talked to people who work in Hollywood, who've worked on TV shows and who've done mm. um not props, but wardrobe for different people yeah. and got their opinion on different clothing and different things. And it's it's <laughs> just been really cool and just been able to talk to people around the world. Um, whereas before it was the few times I did have other people on my show. Uh, it was hard, you know, once again, trying to nail down some people or where we're mm-hmm. going to record it. And also... I have a very, very simple setup. So right. being able to carry stuff from one place to another, be mobile, mm, and yeah, to have the easy. sound be good enough to pick up everybody that's talking, mm-hmm. that that has been one thing. Um, but thank God, that is one thing I've noticed with things like uh, Zoom. Uh, there's been something else I've been looking at, what uh, I told you about earlier, uh, Riverside, mm-hmm. and just so many different things that are come up that's making it easier to video chat and record and do things with yeah. people. I do think that's cool. And that's, that's one of those things to where I've talked to my wife about, um, and just something just thinking about before, uh, in, in regards of, uh, when Chaka was having a thing, uh, her existential crisis about mm. doing something is like as a kid growing up, having a i wouldn't call this a job but having a the notion of having a job to where you just speak in a microphone and people want to listen <laughs> to you yeah and see you and hear your opinion that was something that never occurred to me would be a career
2: yeah and some
0: people say, like well, we'll this talk radio is just like yeah but this is slightly different because Mm-mm. you're not a celebrity starting off you're not Affiliated with anybody, you are just have your thoughts, your opinion, what you want to say and what mm-hmm. you want to do, and you put that out into the world for better or worse, and people respond to it. Mm-hmm. And or just the notion of like, okay, well, people aren't around each other. Um let's give a you know, way they can talk and, and interact with people. Like, hey, remember Star Trek when they were talking to a screen? <laughs> Yeah. And they were talking back to them,
2: let's do that. (laughs) Let's do that thing.
0: It's just like, and it never occurs. It's like, wow. It's just like, so, you know, just because you can't think of something now or where you want to go Mm -hmm. with your life does not mean that that's the end all be all. Because, you know, I would have never, if you asked me three years ago, hey, they're going to bring back the flip phone. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know why, but it's still going to be a touch screen. It's like, how are they going to do that? (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like, well they did it. And it's just yeah. like that's it's like you never know where things are gonna go. You never know how uh yeah things are gonna play out. So don't be so hard to yourself. Yeah. This is a lesson I will not learn myself, but I think it's important <laughs> that other people here so.
1: Exactly. And our kids will have jobs that we have never heard of and cannot conceive of. Exactly. Right?
0: Yeah. Because yeah, because by the time they grow up and go into the workforce, there will be a lot of jobs. They'll be phased out because of mm-hmm. progress. Yeah. Because I, I personally think that is it is insane to say that. For my own comfort, I want everybody else to stop thinking, to stop <laughs> innovating, and keep it at my level. I want everything. <laughs> I want coal power trains. <laughs> I want to die in a mine. It's like, well, we can we can just build a windmill. No.
1: <laughs> I want it to be old and annoying and hard.
0: I want to dig into earth and pollute my water.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you really do.
0: It's like well, we we can make this easier on you and just transition you to something else. It's like that's yeah. but yeah, I think that's so weird. It's, it's like, you know, the the car plant went down. It's like, well we we don't really need you to do that. We don't, you know. We we figured out different ways to do it. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. And it, it, but you know, everybody everybody fears change. Yeah. 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 That's what's what's the phrase? The only thing constant in life is change.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, I'm full of quotes. You you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of quotes, and it's just like I don't I don't like referring to quotes for things, but it's like, but it fits. It's like, I don't, I don't feel like thinking of a better way to say it if somebody else already did it, so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, but uh, I appreciate you, Karen, for coming on and giving my little podcast a shout out, a boost. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm very appreciative. Uh, you know, as I always say with people, I thank you for your time. Because time is so important, you can never give it back, you know. So whatever yeah. you're doing, you know, whatever you're spending your time on is something that is just like, this is something I wanted to do or had to do, whatever, but I'm just appreciative. Cause plus it's, what it has, well it's close to 10 o'clock where you are, right?
1: It's close to 11 where I am. 11,
0: okay, you can start at eight. Yeah, so yeah, it's late, (laughs) it's it's bedtime. So uh, tell people where they can find you if they are so inclined to do so.
1: Absolutely, uh, you can find me e- most easily on Twitter at Karen Haim. That's K-A-R-I-N-H-E-I-M, and also you can find uh, both of my shows through Y2K Pod, and that's the letter, no, that's the number two, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> and that is y2kpod.com as well.
0: Okay, and you can find me uh, Bold Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. That is BLD Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, as under Carl Liggins. Uh, I'm not sure if I still wanna make something specifically for the podcast or not, but you can find me on there. Uh, you can shoot me a link on Gmail, Bold Expressions Podcast, sorry, bodexpressions Expressions, the number four at gmail.com. You can find uh, this uh, and some other, uh, my shorter form series called Random Thoughts on YouTube under Bold Expressions Podcast. Uh, Random Thoughts is Pretty much what it sounds. like, just random thoughts on uh, it I have for all different things. Way shorter than this. Um, but yeah, like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh I have a lot of time to comment back. Uh but yeah, you know, uh, check out Cheka Uh it's on Spotify. Uh so listen to it on uh Google Podcasts. Yep. Uh, it's only four episodes right now, so you know, you know four episodes plus the prologue, which I also listen to. Uh, Cause that one featured Angelique the most, um, but yeah, listen to it. Uh, it's only five things. I don't think there's any one over thirty minutes. So you know, you know, you listen to it on a ride somewhere. Listen to it at home. Very good. Uh, it has a lot of good poems and different language things in there too. So <laughs> that's interesting as well. But yeah, once again, thank you to my my uh, my guest today. Uh, Have a good day, good morning, good evening Whenever you're listening to or watching this And as always, don't be so busy proving your point That you forget your purpose Thank you for listening to this episode all the way to the end I appreciate your patronage, But I would also love it If you would check out these other great podcasts as well
1: Hello, hello, hello you guys. This is your girl Melodic. If you haven't already noticed, I've been on Bold Expressions a couple of times with your guy Carl. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a loud mouth. (laughs) But if you want to get a little bit more of my content, stop by Soapbox Off. It's my podcast where I come with hard-hitting topics that are jaw-dropping, thought-provoking, and thought-challenging. So if you come, come with your emotions on neutral and your critical thinking on high. You can also see some of the things that I put out on Instagram at Soapbox Off. And if you like what you see, feel free to find me on any of the podcast platforms. And you can also email me at soapboxoff at gmail.com. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. I'm going to let you get back to it. (laughs) Aight.